This is the anthem. Here's what you came for. This is the moment. Magic was made for. Hello there. Welcome back to Fanfatals. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. And welcome back to Fan Fatales, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And uh, happy Women's History Month. Yes. So the month of March, as we know, is Women's History Month. So this month we're going to talk about all about, you know, female Empowerment and, and characters. Empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so, very excited for next week's episode that we'll talk more about in the outro. Yes. Um, but... Today, we're going to talk about some of our favorite female characters and in, you know, our, the fandoms that we normally talk about. And, and then we so, have another category that is just, like, general. Extra. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, shall we get started with the first fandom on our list? Yeah. So, Star Wars. Yeah, you all knew this was coming, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how we met was because of Star Wars, so, like, yeah, of course it has to be first on our list. Yeah. Yo, I'm waiting for this one. Yeah. And I wonder who my favorite character is, as I see, like, three pictures of her on my desk alone. Oh, just, oh, who could it possibly be? Not even a clue. Ahsoka Tano. Oh, she came with visuals. I'm not this prepared. Again, it's on my desk. Two visuals. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I love Ahsoka. I know that we'll maybe talk about her more with a special guest we have coming on, hopefully, this month. Yeah, we definitely um, will. We definitely will. Um, But so I got into Star Wars... Right around when Rebels started. And I remember, little, like, 13, 14, however old I was when Rebels started, um, your old me watching Ahsoka go down the little ladder at the end of season one. You'd be like, who is she? And then watching Clone Wars. And I just love her resilience through the whole thing and her power. And I loved getting to see a female Jedi for the first time in the leading role rather than it be Anakin or Luke or yeah. Obi-Wan. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it was really influential. And, I mean, she's the reason that my Instagram is Snippy Emma because she snips. And... Yeah. Not only do I love her resilience and her character arc throughout everything and her kindness and everything, I also 
it kind of brought in the actress in my decision of choosing my favorite female character. Mm-hmm. Ashley Eckstein is such a huge role model when it comes to fangirl mm-hmm. culture. I mean, Absolutely. starting her universe. I know we've talked about it before, where she started her universe because there were no clothing for women. Yeah. That um, was Star Wars. That was Star Wars. And it, I don't know, Ahsoka and Ashley just are really impactful. Of course, there were so many others that I wanted to put on the list. Leia, Harris, um, Syndulla, I know that we'll talk about the other one I have. Or even um, Senator Tucci from Clone Wars. Yeah. She, um, oh, spoiler alert, because you haven't seen Bad Batch season two yet. But we do take my headphones out. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, we do get to see her in Clone Wars, uh, or in Bad Batch season two. And seeing her kind of take on, like, the clones, um, protection agency through the senate and everything and seeing her (laughs) gabby's just silently in the corner um but like getting to see her (laughs) power (laughs) and everything and um her really take on a senate role um and be her own person and kind of take on what we saw padme do throughout the clone wars with protecting the clones was really powerful to see in a world where Padme is gone. I just probably exploded Kara's eardrums by accidentally smacking my phone into my microphone, and I'm very sorry. But also, look at how cute this puppy is. Oh, He looks so sad. Yeah. You should post that on the Fan Patel story. Post it? Yeah. On the Fan Patel story, so... Just no context. For tomorrow's episode... Or, for... Thursday's episode, since this will come out on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if you want to see the picture from Thursday's episode, go check out our story. I'll post it. Our story highlights. Yeah. Our story highlights. I'm just going to post it. No context. None. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, um, basically kind of what I was talking about, um, when your headphones were gone was just the empowerment and how we get to see these women not just be on the battlefield as Jedi, but in the Senate chambers and and higher power political positions. I mean, even Satine. Yeah, absolutely. Mandalore. And how strong they are in their position and how sure they are in what they believe in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big thing with, like, all of these Star Wars women that we've talked about before. And not just Star Wars. And the Marvel women we're going to talk about. And the Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Even Disney. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to post oh. this to the story. No, no context. No context. No context whatsoever. And I'm going to put it under 2023. That's where it's going. Okay. So shall we talk about the only woman I haven't really spoken at length about at this point with Hera and all of them? Yeah, because, I mean, clearly who else could it be besides Padme? I mean... Oh, I just realized we didn't talk about Rey, but Rey falls into the empowered category. Oh, totally. And Rose and... And all of them. All of them. Yeah. 
But yeah, I'm talking about Padme. Yeah. Um, y'all know, she's my fave. And uh, yeah. she's pretty, pretty freaking badass. I mean, she... Ooh. She really stands up for what she believes in. She really does. And she does not take flack from anybody. Nope. She does what she wants, when she wants, and does it well. Yeah. I think... I don't know. I think she also just falls into that whole empowered women thing, like like you were talking about. I mean, it it encompasses so many characters, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. A a thing I like about Padme, and this kind of talks about, oh, I forget which book it is the epilogue of, but it's after her funeral and Sabe's going through all of, like, the files on her desk of, like, acts and stuff that she didn't get to accomplish before she passed. And one of them was to free slaves across the galaxy, yep. inspired by um, Anakin and his mother. Shmi. And I ju- what? And Shmi, Shmi, yes. Which, another great woman, Shmi yeah. is. Um, but her, like, really getting, you know, standing up for what she believes in. And I think that scene with that act that she tried to get past really mm-hmm. proves it yeah absolutely she she really cared about the changing of the galaxy for everybody yeah Col- and whether like it making... be clones or slaves or anyone in the galaxy mm-hmm. rather yeah which makes me think that i that's why i believe that she's like a really good role model alongside yeah. ahsoka oh yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shall we move on? Yeah. Have we beat this dead horse? I feel like we've talked so at length about wonderful Star Wars women. Yeah. <laughs> like, just not today. Like, in, in general. Like, we uh-huh. have many episodes about that. So I feel like... Oh, like, yeah. what more could we cover? You know? Exactly. So... Okay. Shall we move into Marvel? Yes. And we're going to start with my favorite, who I'm also cosplaying as this year again at Comic-Con. Different outfit, this time with a wig. Fancy Ooh. wig. I got oh, one yeah. of the, I got a wig from the Beautician Beast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Um, and it's Peggy. Peggy Carter. My babe. My fave. I mean, first of all, like... She just, like, in the first Captain America movie, love her. She's such a force to be reckoned with, especially yeah. in a movie that's, like, all about, like, military personnel, right? Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, the big focus is that it a lot of it happens with military personnel, and it's during World War II, and she stands her own in a room full of men. Yes. And is not afraid to speak her mind, and yeah. does. And then they listen to her. Yeah. So... I mean, it takes a little bit of fight to get them to listen to her, but she does it. Uh-huh. I think in the Peggy Carter series, they don't listen as well as the military boys do in the movie. Yeah. But she's still a very strong force to be reckoned with. And mm-hmm. she, you know, she's just she's just wonderful throughout that whole series. I have to go back and watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time, but... I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's wonderful. It is so good. I know. I need to see it. 
you get so much content with Jarvis in it. Yo. And then you get Mrs. Jarvis. Oh my gosh. Mrs. Jarvis, what a queen though. Literally yeah. the queen of seamstressing. Yeah. Anyway, so I just, I love her. I think she is a strong female role model in a time where women were supposed to be, you know. I mean, I think this is when, really when, like, the role of women was seen as more than just the submissive yeah. housewife. Like, women were expected, well, women were encouraged and kind of expected to help on the home front when it came to, like, mm -hmm. munitions and working in factories and picking up the slack for the men who all had to go to war, right? And so I think she's she's a really awesome lady. Yeah. Yep, that's that's my thought. I, I mean, you know me. I'm a World War II buff, so, like, yeah. I know. I, like, yeah. I watch shows. I watch shows. I read books. I, I, I don't know why. I'm just obsessed with that period of time. So mine is a pretty new one to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, being Super in, new. I mean, fall of 2021. Yeah, that's like still years. pretty new. Yeah. Um, being Kate Bishop, who I'm actually... She's on my cosplay list for this year. Um, for our hall mat. I'm excited. Um, That's fun. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, I don't know. I just really love her. I think I see a lot of myself in her like mm -hmm. I do Kamala. Kamala was up there for me trying to figure it out. But mm -hmm. what it comes down to is there's a scene at the very beginning of... Um, Kate Bishop as like a young child during the 2012 Avengers fight. I don't know if you've seen the show. Mm -mm. No? Okay. Where one of the aliens from 20, mm -hmm. the 2012 Avengers film is mm -hmm. uh, trying to attack her apartment and she sees Hawkeye save the day and shoot and kill the alien that's about to attack her in her mm -hmm. home. And that makes her want to go into archery was I want to help people just like he did. That's so cute. And then, you know, she becomes his little um, apprentice in the show. I love that. And I just love her dearly, not just because of that, but because she's the strong female. I think she's supposed to be 22, mm -hmm. which I'm now 22. Yeah. Like, she's literally my age, and seeing this strong woman who is legit a uh, senior in college... Mm -hmm. go through all of the, the trials and tribulations mm -hmm. of being a Marvel superhero while dealing with mm -hmm. college. Because we've seen it with Peter, but as a high schooler. We haven't really had the college yet. But also seeing her interact with another very new, strong female character in um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe being Yelena Belova. Yes! And just seeing them banter off of each other and seeing like these two people who had completely different lifestyles growing up absolutely and, and, and they how they become like the hero kind of anti i don't want to say yelena is an anti-hero but in the show she's kind of portrayed that way mm. but she becomes a hero near the end and she and kate bishop start like working out the things at the beginning of the show You know? Yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen the show, so. Yeah. 
but, but I don't know. I just really love Kate Bishop. But again, yeah. this is another great example of strong female characters. I mean, it wasn't always that as mm-hmm. strong as it is now. I agree. Marvel. I completely agree. I mean, think about how many, especially in the past, like, year, how many yeah. have been, well, a few years, you know? Yeah. Right? Like, I think my honorable mentions would have gone to literally all of the women in Black Panther because they're oh. all amazing. Also, yeah, Shuri, come on, let's yeah. be honest. Our, and, oh, what, she was just in the new one. The new girl. Angela, Angela Bassett's character? No. Oh, I don't know about, the, oh, the new girl. Oh, um. Ironheart. I can't remember. I'm, I'm the worst with their names. Any names. Honestly, it took me forever to, like, learn the names of the characters in the show that I'm watching. Riri Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Riki Williams? I, I knew it was something. Like, yeah. Yeah, Riri Williams. I mean, mm. plus you get all these, like, young, new actresses who are just breaking out into the acting sphere. And you also get... Like veterans like Angela Bassett who have been doing this for forever, and like oh my gosh that oh I because I just rewatched Black Panther: Wakanda Forever with my mom. Oh yeah, she hadn't seen it yet, and near the beginning she's like, "Yes, I know that my kingdom may seem like it's suffering to you because we just lost my son, but I am the queen of Wakanda, this strong nation. Mm-hmm. Do not mess with us." Absolutely, like chills literal chills yeah and i mean i love the fact that wakanda is so like uh matriarchy based that yes the soldiers are women women absolutely i mean i think it goes without saying that that is like one of the most influential marvel stories to date yeah because not only are they women they're also women of color yeah I mean, Wakanda is like an imaginary African nation, but they kill but still. it. still. And they, and they, like, I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like I can't speak on this as well as someone who is, you know, an African-American person could. But yeah. I feel like they really respect what, that culture while still engaging in it, right? Yeah. It's not like you can't tell that's where they are, you know? Yeah. Like, they... But it's not done in a distasteful way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Am I making sense here? Yes, you are. Okay. I'm, like, I'm like treading very lightly. <laughs> and another woman from Wakanda that I love is Okoye. Oh, I'm... How can you not? Female spy, like... I mean, come she on. She really saves the day in Wakanda forever. Oh, uh, then- Yeah! And then, spoiler alert for Wakanda Forever, I know we've talked about it, but yeah, her son, right, like, this strong black single mom raising mm-hmm. the prince of Wakanda. Yeah. In secret. In Haiti. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, there's, I mean. Uh, but there's so many great women. There are. But I just cannot get over Angela Bassett's performance. Oh, same. She deserves the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in a Leading Film. Absolutely. Or 100% in a deserved. featured film. Absolutely deserved. Absolutely yes. deserved. I know it's only a nomination right now, but 
a better one. I know. Like I said, when we did the Oscar nominations thing, I'm going to be pissed if she doesn't win. Yeah. I'm going to be so mad. Literally, yeah. that whole movie gave me chills. Every time she spoke, Same. I was like, oh. Same. <laughs> I was like, Angela Bassett. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> Angela Bassett did the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we move on to Disney, which is another yeah. cute. So, this was a hard category for me. Not really, but like. There's so I mean, many. I feel like we need a separate, I feel like we need two separate ones. Because, like, from the Disney Princess franchise and then not from the Disney Princess franchise. Okay. Because I don't think it's fair that we only did Princesses. one. Because, because obviously, we're just going to pick our favorite princesses because they're amazing. I mean, yeah. Belle is like, the, sorry, I just totally ruined it. I mean, <laughs> was, was anybody surprised, though? We knew. We knew. We Yeah. Um, we knew. And we already kind of know the reason why. But I have, like, I have my favorite non-in-the-princess franchise woman that I could talk about. My other favorite is also in the Disney princess franchise. Well. (laughs) Um, because I was going to say Merida because I think she's freaking awesome. And I love her movie. And, like, ah. And, of course, you're favorite that you listed for princess is Rapunzel. I mean, well, duh. Everybody knows it's Rapunzel. Um, But I think my favorite, if it wasn't a Disney princess, would have to be Mary Poppins. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, One, I grew up with Julie Andrews' performance in that movie and it's, it was influential to my childhood as a young performer. Agreed. That movie was on repeat on my house. At my oh, house. same. I love that, movie. that and um, I know it's not Di- well. Disney now owns it, but it was Anastasia made by Disney. No. Oh. I was gonna say another Julie Andrews film. Oh. Oh, Sound of Music. Yes. Ah, that was another one always playing. Like Julie Andrews was just so influential. So I feel like it's also more of the actress than the character. I got my Julie Andrews character that's not Mary Poppins. Or Maria. Queen um, Clarice Ron- Rinaldi? Yeah. <laughs> How did I know? Because she's a badass! Yeah. Uh, I There's just so many Disney women that I love. And I mean, even Same. my like other categories, kind of Disney, because Disney made the movie. Yeah. But, um... um. I mean, I can mention it here. I can name another other for me. Eh, let's save yours. Yours is really okay. good. Okay. Um, I think if it had to be a not from a di- not from a princess, that's also not Julie Andrews. Um, um I think. Oh, jeez, this is a tough one. I have a Disney Channel one, mostly because I've been rewatching this show. Go for it. Harper Finkel from Wizards of Waverly Place. What a queen. Yes. Love. She is so confident in herself. Like, in her outfit choices and everything. I mean, they're iconic. Oh, they so are. And I've also been listening to... Um, the podcast? The actor... Yeah, the Wizards of Waverly Pod. And... Oh, Jennifer Stone, who played mm-hmm. Harper. She was talking Isn't about how that was... she a nurse now? She... Yes. 
So, but she was talking about how that was her first comedy role, how she had only done dramas up until then. Oh, wow. And she's like so, the comedic relief, like one of yeah, them. Yeah, she's one of them. And she I guess they all kind of are. Yeah, they, it, it's a comedic sitcom. It really is. So that was a dumb comment. <laughs> but she was talking about how hard it was for her to play it in the beginning because she wasn't used to the comedic Mm-hmm. timing and all that stuff and how she really like relied on the ensemble cast especially mm-hmm. the guy who played Jerry Russo who is mm-hmm. her co-host now yeah but yeah, yeah. okay I think I've named a bunch I know you have I've named a lot of good ones okay now I have to actually choose I, I think know, but- I think, oh, Jesus, this one's hard. Uh, yeah, that's kind of why I didn't I about know. Rapunzel all day, but, like, make me choose somebody else. Um, We've already talked about our favorite princesses at length on the show. Yeah. Somebody I think that's it'd be not, rehashing. I, I think all of the princesses are pretty awesome. Yeah. <sighs> I'm excited to see choices. Asha, the new one that comes out this year. Yes, that one will be and good. Her story. I think. But then. I know who I'm choosing. Okay, who? I'm choosing Mirabelle, because she's not a princess yet. Yes. There you go. You see, I was also, also going to choose one that wasn't technically in the princess category, even though she'll be at Princess Night this year. Who? Giselle. Giselle is another good one. Also, Mal from Descendants. Oh, that's a good one. That's your Disney Channel one? Yeah. No, well, yeah. That's my Disney Channel one. I was going to say a High School Musical character, but then I was like, no. All the women in that, on that movie franchise are kind of problematic. Yeah. Like, as much as I love them, they're also, like, in high school, and they're catty and mean. Yeah. So, not that, like, they're not allowed to have flaws. No. Because they definitely are. I just, I just, I think I, 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 know. I know what you're saying. Better of a role model. Yeah. Also, Uma, she's a badass. <gasps> yeah. But yeah, I, they're anything, um, at Princess Night China this year at um, Disneyland. They're having the princess franchise characters plus Anna and Elsa because they always lump them yeah. with the princess franchise characters. But then they're also having Princess Leia appear. Fun. In Tomorrowland. What? Fun. And Giselle appear in the parade. We don't know what outfit for Giselle because it's the first time she'll ever be in the parks. I hope it's the pink one. I feel like it might. it's either going to be the blue carpet one or the wedding dress. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it might be the blue curtain one. That's the one I can see them easily just throwing on But the someone. pink one is so good. And plus, it's only in a parade, so I could see them going full out with the wedding. They could, but she only wears... I guess that is pretty iconic. That's more iconic than the pink. Not as iconic as the blue, though. No. Do you think they'll well, put her knows? in something from the new movie? I don't think so. Hmm. But Maybe. I wish, you know what would be awesome if they got actually Amy Adams and Maya Rudolph? 
you're telling me they wouldn't love that, they would absolutely eat that up. Maya Rudolph would. Maya Rudolph would. She'd be like, I'm here. I'm ready. You know who I forgot was in Wizards? um, Yvette Nicole Brown. She's in, like, two episodes of Wizards. In the first season. As who? She's, like, the evil teacher lady when Justin's doing the, like, ping pong tournament thing that is trying to take his wizard powers. It's in the first season of the show, and I was like... I've only seen a handful of episodes. Okay. I do remember Haley Kyoko was on that show for a little bit, wasn't she? Yeah. But I don't know. Disney just has a lot of strong women. Yeah. I mean, I also was really close to choosing Duchess also. That's another good one. From Aristocats. Although, I don't think she's as strong as some other female characters like Meg and Esmeralda, who we didn't even (gasps) talk about yet. Hold on. I don't know how we didn't. I'm sorry. Meg. Also, this is kind of getting a little off topic, but also on topic with Meg. Have you seen the Hercules um, out-of-Broadway tryout costumes and, like, all of that? Mm-mm. They released production photos today, and I was like, uh, hold on. Let me send it I to you. I must say, but- though, I think, I think that Esmeralda is much more, like, stand-on-her-own than Meg is. I agree, especially that, oh, what is the, when they're at the Festival of the Fools, and she's, yeah. like, facing off with um judge frollo yeah and she like calls everybody out and she's like what are you doing this poor man like leave him alone and then like the whole thing even with like um oh gosh what is it i can i can hear the song playing um the court of miracles oh no no no. the The whole thing with the court of miracles when they're like oh my gosh come on and she and and uh she and yeah and the the guy the guy who's the blonde kid. That's not even important. I mean, he's kind of important, but, like, I can't even remember his name. What that's how, his how name? little I care about him. Oh, my God. Him. That's going to drive me freaking insane. I just know there was there's, like, a joke about his horse. His horse is Achilles, I think. Maybe Clopin? Not. No, not Clopin. He's no, the, that, he's... That, that's the, the, the thing. He's the mime, not the mime guy, the puppet guy. Yeah. The only reason I, like, vividly remember that Phoebus. is because... Yes! Yes! Also, That's I forgot name. that Jason Alexander was in that film. Who's Jason Alexander? He's one of the, um, the stone people. I do love the gargoyles. The gargoyles. That, that, that's what they're actually called. I just think Hunchback is such a good movie. It's just so good. Hunchback is an amazing movie, and it's an amazing stage show. It is. It's just, everything about Hunchback is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, maybe minus, like, Frollo and his whole deal, but, like... Especially in the stage show, because yeah. everyone dies. Yeah. Like, the stage show's pretty messed up, but, like... <laughs> the stage show's what the book is more so... Yeah. But here's the thing. It's so good. It's just it's just so good. And oh I love it. Ooh, another one we talked about 
And on Valentine's Day, ladies. Yes, lady. Although I feel like, yeah, okay, ladies are pretty good. One. in the new one. Yeah, because in the first one, I feel like stuff just kind of happens to her. Versus. Kind of like Aurora. Yeah. Versus no, Aurora. <laughs> I love her, but yes. Um, versus in the newer one, she takes more charge of things. She, like, actively goes out and does stuff, which I like better. Um, yeah. But really quick, I was going to say, every time, like, Ren Fair season comes around, I throw on the entire Hunchback soundtrack and just listen to it while I'm, like, sewing my costume and, like, getting ready for Ren oh, I Fair. Love that. Yeah. I love that. And I get so excited. And then the whole way there, I'm, like, dancing to the Court of Miracles song and the Topsy Turvy Day song. <laughs> okay. Kind of like Have me we- with, um, Hercules. That soundtrack I'm always playing. Um... I think I've talked about it before on here, but when I went to MegaCon and, like, seeing the convention center with the MegaCon signs, it was, I am on my way. (laughs) Yeah. I can go the distance. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Can we gush more about Disney characters? I feel like we've talked about so many. I mean, within the Princess franchise, there are so many wonderful. Yeah characters i mean people don't like cinderella because they think she's not they think her whole goal was to go to the ball to meet the guy but that wasn't her goal she just wanted a night to herself yes and i mean Um, look at cinderella three that's worth some time yeah how strong of a woman she is i know that was one of my favorites plus like tiana and like merida like i already said yeah and tiana's actually and i forgot to mention this but Tiana, the character, was based on uh, um, Cook from New Orleans. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I forget her name, but I found that out recently, and I was like, oh, I wish we knew this before That's awesome. doing that episode. Let me find her name. Tiana? Plus, I love, within Princess of the Frog, I love that it's more than just Tiana. Like, I mean, her mom, yeah. Eudora, she's like a woman who, like, makes a living for her family, like being a seamstress yeah. and she's kicking butt and she encourages tiana to like achieve her dreams and then she's like a single mom after the husband dies and it's just like ugh. yeah so tiana's um inspiration is leah chase who is mm. a legendary new orleans chef she's actually known as the queen of creole cuisine love it and she has a restaurant called dookie chase's restaurant which is kind of what inspired Tiana owning her own restaurant. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Plus, I mean, there's just so many. There's just so many. There's I can't so many. choose. I can't choose. I know I said I'd choose Mirabelle, but I can't choose. Yeah. I mean, even Ooh. in that family, Louisa. And I know. Isabella. And Isabella and Dolores. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking of, um, I was like, oh, what about Coco? I was like, what about. Freaking what's oh, her name? Oh, Mama Melda. Yes. Yeah. I See, love even her, she was like all this time. She was like strong ass lady, right? She was like, ah, mm-hmm. your father was a musician, and and like, I mean, it kind of sucks that she was like no music, but still. Yeah, and I mean, even going more into like kind of the Pixar realm, Mrs. Incredible. And yeah, Violet. yeah. I mean, Elastigirl. More strong ass. And- Bass, strong, badass women yeah. in superhero roles. I mean, let's be honest. 
it's Helen, Violet, and Dash for, like, 90% of that movie. Yes. <laughs> like, they get, like, the most action out of anybody because, like, Mr. Incredible gets grabbed by Syndrome. And that blonde chick, I can't remember her name, but she's also pretty cool. Yes. I forget uh, her name, too. Or, I know that she Edna. is in Pixar. Edna, yeah. But I know that she is not Pixar, but Judy Hopps. I just watched that movie the other day, too. Yeah. Jeez, so many good ones. There's so many good ones. So many. So many. We're going to have to do another women's, like, celebrating female characters episode next year. And it'll be only Disney. And it'll be four hours long. We're going to talk about every single one. I mean, we're kind of talking about Disney next week. Not characters. Real yeah. life people, but. Yeah. But still. But still. Oh, jeez. Okay, should we move on? I feel like we've ranted about Disney for, like, ever. Yeah, and shall I just mention my first one because she's from a Disney on Broadway show? Jesus. Being Catherine Plummer in Newsies. Um, she's I, also so, in the... No, she isn't in the movie. Oh, she's not in the movie? So, in the movie. I, oh, I know the, the history. No. So, there's a love interest. Her name is Sarah, and she's the sister of Davy and Les. And she does nothing to advance the plot. She's just there to be Jack's love interest. That's and then there's a okay. separate male writer guy. Uh, so then when they were making it into a Broadway musical, they decided to create this character of Catherine Plummer. Kind of based on real events, kind of not. Because um, Joseph Pulitzer did have a daughter named Catherine, but she died at the age of two. So, like, oh. she wasn't really alive, but, like... I mean, she lived for two years and then she died. Yeah. But still. But I love her dearly. One, because we get a female writer in a time, again, like we were talking about with Peggy, where women were just expected to stay at home, kind of, yeah. and just help out. And I feel like for Catherine more so than Peggy, just because, you know, when Peggy, you know, World War Two, that's when yeah. the tide started to change. Yeah. And Catherine, this is you know, 1899 or 1902, yeah. whatever. 1901 or something. Yeah. 1901, something like that. And I mean, she's the daughter of the richest man in New York, the king of New York, as they keep saying in the musical, because mm-hmm. he owns the newspaper, The World, which was the biggest one. Yeah. He was the, the king of New York until Rockefeller. <laughs> yeah, he was the king of New York until Rockefeller. Yeah, and, and he's still the king of New York, let's be honest, even though he's long gone. Yeah, but <laughs> her as a kind of sassy, strong woman is just amazing to see, especially, mm-hmm. like, in a show that's dominated by men. Well, let's I mean... Let's be honest. Rightfully show. Yeah, men playing boys, which I think is adorable. I love that the men yeah. play boys. Yes. But, like, let's be honest, she's, like, besides Meadow Larkin, she's the only girl in the show, and she really helps advance the plot. Can we talk about Meta for, like, two seconds? Yes. What Amazing. a queen. What a queen. I love her song. Um, Black the, female business owner. Yep. What a queen. Love her. And she's based um, off of a real person. Yes. Yes, I did know that. I love her. Um, But, I mean, that song that she's, um, that... Catherine that's sings, rich right what or no oh Catherine. sorry yeah right what sorry. you know yeah just really is a character study for her yeah 
watch what happens really is it really is she's watch what happens not write what you know i mean you know yeah i know that's how it starts yeah and then her coming up with the idea of writing the newspaper the newsies crusade newspaper at the end of the show yeah and i know that there's a line where she's like oh um it's like oh davy came up with this you came up with this now here's my way to finish it home and jack's like oh seriously and she's like what can i not come up with ideas because i'm a girl yeah this is time for you to shut up now yeah and for Um, those of you who haven't seen newsies it's still streaming on disney plus and you should go watch it right now because it's amazing yes specifically the live on broadway one yes also she's the one who rallies the troops to get the boys out of jail yep um but there were two other women that i wanted to kind of talk about that i was like in between with Catherine. um Mm -hmm. One being B from Something Rotten, which mm-hmm. I just saw the show a couple days ago, and I love her dearly, because she is who, she's kind of based on the Shakespeare character of Beatrice. Yeah. Who, um, but with her in the plot, she's like, oh, my family needs money to survive. I'm going to take up these jobs, and disguises herself as a man, mm-hmm. so she can get these better paying jobs to provide for her family. Which is awesome. Yeah. And Right Hand Man, which is her song, is just amazing. I love it dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because she's talking about, you know, let me be this, like, let me help. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a line. She's like, this is 1790. By 1800, we'll be equal to you guys. We have a woman on the throne. I love that. Yeah. And I just love her dearly. How, like, she's like... She saves the day at the end of the show, and I just love her dearly. Um, but then the other one you kind of alluded to with Disney being Anastasia. Yeah. I love her. Um, I mean, I specifically yeah. like the Broadway version better. Mm-hmm. Because it's more so based in the truth of the Anastasia tale. Yeah. Especially with um, the new villain that they put in, mm-hmm. being Gleb. But I love her resilience in that musical where she's like, all I want to do is I want to know who I am. I don't want to lie. And how mm-hmm. she's tricked. And the moment she finds out, she's like, I'm out of here. Bye. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Great choices. Great choices. So I wanted to talk specifically about uh, Jenna from Waitress, Jenna Hunterson. Yes. Because I think she really is pretty, I think... She's a – what are the words I'm trying to say here? I think she is a great example of a real person trying to escape a domestic yeah. violent – a domestic violence relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, her husband's terrible to her and, you know, is a terrible person and – you know. Yeah, something I remember when I went to go see the show um, on Broadway about a year or so ago was on the downstairs level, like, where the restroom was, it was all these, like, letters that had been sent in to the waitress on Broadway team, mm-hmm. and I read a couple of them, and they're like, this show helped me, thank you, waitress, you guys helped me get out of an abusive relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I mean... 
that's like the main story is about her escaping that relationship and finding her power i mean yes she falls in love with the doctor but that's like really a side plot in my mind to the real struggle so yeah i felt like i had to talk about her plus i mean like don and becky too like what queens yes also, speaking of queens... You stole my segue! <laughs> You're welcome. The queens from six. That was my segue! That's what I was gonna say! <laughs> I... I mean, I'm sure you were about to say this, but I love them dearly. Especially, like, All of them. Yeah. Especially learning more, like, about the plot through the Live on Broadway soundtrack. Where oh, totally. They're, like, competing, and then they're, like... No, why Henry's the we... problem. We're like, why are we doing this? Like... Exactly, and that's what I love about it. Is like, it starts off as like a competition, and then it ends, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, why are we competing? Why aren't we like joining forces?" He's the problem, not us. Yeah, like, and especially for the two cousins, so Anne Boleyn and Catherine Parr. Yeah, like learning more about them not only through the musical, but my own research I've done about the two post listening to their one song in the show mm-hmm. has just been influential to me learning more about it because you know what what do we learn in school about Anne Boleyn besides she was she pretty was... and seductive and she and then got decapitated the church of England and then or made the church of England and then got decapitated yeah that's about it she didn't even really make it she just they they always phrase it as like she was the reason Henry did it, but yeah. like after looking more into her as a person, she was really the driving force behind it. Yeah, like so many women in history. Like I know this isn't Broadway, but like we're hoping one day it will be, like Queen Charlotte. Yeah. Or even um, oh, what is the line? It's in I don't need your love. It's um, uh, Catherine. What is her last name? The last Parr. Right? That's yeah. the last one? Yeah. yeah. Did I say Catherine Parr for Howard? Earlier? Yeah. I think you did. Because I was I was like, I didn't know Catherine Har- Parr and Anne Boleyn no, were cousins. It's Catherine Howard and Boleyn were cousins. Got it. And they're the two that got beheaded. That's how you remember. Remember, it, yeah. Cousins got beheaded. <laughs> there you but, go. But, yeah. Uh, but Par, she is the reason, like, us as women know how to read. Because she fought for us mm-hmm. so we could be able to read scripture. Yep. And the Bible. Yeah. So. Like, without these, like, strong women in history, like, that we're starting to get musicals about. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we wouldn't have. Oh, Absolutely. Really quick, one more character that I really want to talk about, only because I've had to do, like, a really deep study about her recently, is Faye Apple from Anyone Can Whistle. Okay. It's a random-ass show from Sondheim, like, at the very beginning of Sondheim. Like, before he was even Sondheim, you know? Like, they, mm-hmm. this was, like, one of the first ones he did from, like, the 60s. Early 60s. It's almost golden age. It's so early 60s. Like, so it was, like, right after West Side Story, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. And she's just super, such a super strong character. Like, she's a nurse. If, you know, here, here we go. She's a nurse who takes care of people who have been put into this asylum 
mostly wrongfully. Mostly wrong. people who are just kind of like exuberant and like, eh, yeah, you know, like who are who are have the like joie de vivre. They're like these yeah. people who get put in this asylum and like she fights for them and she's like look they're people even the ones Mm -hmm. who you know are having mental illness issues Mm -hmm. they're people at the end of the day and they deserve to be treated with the same rights as everybody yeah and she really fights for them to you know be treated as people and i really like that (laughs) she's Mm -hmm. awesome it's it's just really cool the thing i don't like though (laughs) really quick sondheim up there i got i got a bone to pick with you mister <laughs> listen listen he okay so the asylum is called the cookie jar and she okay. refers to the patients as her cookies and that bothers me so much because in the script it's just like it's just like and why do i want my cookies to have your waters i'll tell you why and i'm like it's like what it's just so crazy i don't know that was my I, one gripe I was like, she's an awesome character. Why did he make her call them cookies? That's just weird. Another character I'd like to mention from a show I've talked about a lot on here and that I will talk about a little bit in Phantom News. Um, Nancy and Oliver. I love her. What? I said, oh, yes, I knew it was coming. (laughs) Are you surprised that that wasn't my answer? No. I knew it was going to be Catherine first. Okay. Um, But what I love about Nancy, especially in Oliver, which obviously was written by Charles Dickens, so it was written in a time, like in the 1800s, when he was still around. So she doesn't have much agency in what's happening in the story, but she still is trying to make the world better for Oliver and the boys. Mm -hmm. Fagin's gang. And... A moment that really shows me, because I just rewatched my old production, because I was, like, trying to find a specific part that I wanted to show my friend, um, is, it's, um, so she sings a song in the first act, which is called It's a Fine Life, and she, it kind of hints at her unhappy marriage, and how she isn't happy in her life, but, hey, it's a life that she has, kind of, and how she makes the best of it, but they reprise it. And it's a whole, like, argument song where, like, everyone's... It's kind of like your fault style, mm-hmm. where, like, everyone kind of joins in. And her whole thing in that whole scene is protecting Oliver and the boys. Mm-hmm. And making sure that Oliver doesn't grow up the way she did. And making sure that he gets out of Fagin's gang and has a life that he deserves. That's a great, that's and a I mean, great one. That's how she ends up dying in the end, is trying to bring Oliver back to that life he deserves. Which is heroic. Yeah. I thought of two other ones while we were sitting here talking about Nancy. Okay. Because you said things that reminded me of these characters. It's just, it just so many. Um, Baker's wife. Yeah. And the witch. And Red, and Red Riding Hood. And Cindy. And Cinderella. And Jack's so mom. The, literally all, all the women into the woods. Yeah. Except for the stepmom and the sisters. They kind of suck. And even Cinderella's mom. Like, tree mom, not stepsister mom. Or stepmom. Good or bad? Good. Yeah. Fair. Because she's um, telling her, like, 
is this really what you wish for? Yeah. And it's trying to guide Cinderella, like, on the right path from the beginning. Good call. Even in ghost form. Good call. Good call. Another woman that I wouldn't include in this list is Giant. No. 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 <laughs> Screw her. Although she is yeah. powerful. Exactly. Um. <laughs> my, other, my other thought was um, Emma from Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Oh, oh, Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Emma, so I actually auditioned with Emma's song for Nancy. That's a good song. I, with the, um. Her solo. When this right all began. Yeah. I knew there'd be a price to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really see that as her. And I mean, even though they kind of consider an other, I would even include Wednesday and Morticia Adams in the Adams Family musical and Alice Beinecke from the Adams Family musical. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, all the women of company. Yeah. I'm trying to think. The only two I can think of right now are Amy and. Uh, uh, the one who drinks the martini all the time, who only has a martini oh. in her hand. The one that Patty Lapone just played. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know who it is. Also, Elle Woods. Oh, oh my gosh. Plus Vivian and Paulette. Oh, geez. We suck and at Brooke this. Wyndham. And we Brooke. Really suck at this. We really do. I'm just thinking about shows I've done now. Yeah, same. Um... What about, okay, what are our thoughts? Hear me out. What are our thoughts on the ladies of Les Mis? Fonty? Okay. So I, after seeing, and so my sister just played Cosette. So, like, I yeah. really see Eponine and Fontine as these strong female characters. Agreed. And but. Before, but. End of Act 2. Cosette gets me. That's where she, that's where she changes. When she goes and so, Jean Valjean's dying and she's like, no, papa, yeah. there, that, yes. Beyond that, So no. my sister just performed the role of Cosette. Um, it was actually an understudy role, but she got mm-hmm. to perform it one night. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about, like, her mindset with the character. And mm-hmm. her whole thing was Cosette learned this kindness and this humility from Valjean and taking that through her whole performance. That's from brilliant. The moment you see adult Cosette, adult Cosette. Yeah, she's like basically a not the child. Yeah, yeah, she's like what eighteen, twenty years old. 20? I don't know. Is she? Yeah. To, uh, yeah, probably twenty. That makes sense. And how she, because that first scene they're trying, they're giving out to the poor, and how she took mm-hmm. on this humility and everything of Valjean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even saw that with, um, oh, I forget the name of the song, but it's right after turning in em- empty chairs. And it's the, every day you walk a stronger step, you walk a longer step, the worst is over. I know every exactly day. what you're talking about. It's like a transition song. That's like. Yeah, it's a transition song right before Valjean is like, um, like, hey, yo, this is my life. Don't tell Cosette. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell her in like the next scene. Yeah. He's all, he's all, don't tell my daughter that I was a convict then, because I'm going to tell her in like 20 minutes. Yeah. It, it, it's the, right after she leaves when he's talking is basically the, 
let's get this actress from one ball gown to her to wedding the, dress. Yeah, absolutely. You need 20 <laughs> minutes for that dress. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I really like seeing the mindset of, because I'm an alto, like, I, I play role with, like, Nancy and all these, like, strong women we've already kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. But seeing my sister go and take these more soprano, ingenue roles. I mean, I even consider Joanna in the taking on kindness and humility. And being strong, she kills the guy. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. I think Joanna, just a little bit. Not a lot. Not just as a much little. as Cosette. Because she's strong in her humility and kindness. Mm-hmm. And like and the values she has, that were like bestowed onto her, she has that like Snow White power about her, you know. Who? Cosette. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that the Snow White. You know, she has that Snow White power to or her. Or Cinderella. Yes, actually, yes. You're that's closer. And something I love about specifically and i always see this with eponine and Cosette, and it's something that because i'm wanting to get back into directing mm-hmm. that i'd really touch on in a production if i ever directed way is is the rags to riches versus riches to rags storyline of Cosette and eponine oh absolutely because when they're children Cosette is this not orphan but orphan like made of the Tenardiers and Cosette is this pretty in blue with a brand new doll and brand new bonnet. That's Eponine. Or Eponine. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. And then how it switches to Cosette being this blonde to a penny thing that Cosette, or that Eponine calls her and then Eponine becoming this literally in rags mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. Yep. So, geez, there's so many. That's just just the answer. There's too many. Too many. There's too many. I mean, I just got cast in a show, and it's literally three women in the whole show. Wow. That's it. No ensemble, no men, three women. And they tell their story about moving from their homes to Nashville and start, like, a girl group together. Ooh. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of girl group, another musical we haven't really touched on Mamma Mia Donna yes Sophie no Sophie in the second one in the second one yes (laughs) Tanya 100% yes Tanya 110% Rosie same yeah um I don't know I don't know I want to play the mom so bad. Donna? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have at least, like, 20 years before Ooh. I can play her now. Ooh, I got another two. Okay. Um, um, oh, gosh, freaking what's Did her name? Did you tell that we haven't talked about musicals in a while on this show? Yeah, a long time. Uh, yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Shit, what's her name? Name show. Freaking Lindsay Mendez's character from Dogfight. Oh, I cannot help you. Uh, but speaking of Lindsay Mendez and Annalie Ashford. Elfman Linda. Yeah. Annalie Ashford's character in Dogfight also. Go ahead. 
Yeah. I don't know. I. Alphaba and Glinda, yes. The pilot in Come From Away. Yes. <laughs> Me in the Sky is an amazing song. Sorry about my face there. That was such a good face. Nina and Vanessa and Daniela and Carla. Yeah. Yeah. The Skylar sisters? Hold on. How have we not talked about them? Matilda? Yeah. Does lead player in Pippin count? That can be played by either gender. But, like, the the lady. You know the one who I'm talking about in the original cast? Well, that was in the second version of the cast. The original, one. original one was male. The new one. Which can be played by either one. The yep. newer one. Also, the narrator in um, Joseph, if we're talking about... <laughs> oh, geez, here we go. Also... Persephone and Eurydice. Oh, duh. Eurydice, absolutely. Persephone, 110%. All of them. Also, new her- now that Hermes can be played by a lady, Hermes too. Yeah. The Fates. Speaking of our, yeah. I mean, they Speaking literally Speaking of our Greek women, um, Annabeth Chase. Oh, Jesus. In the Lightning Thief musical. I'm not going to talk about her in the other. I'm going to talk about her now. Okay. Um. Her song, which is Migraine Plan, is another great character study. Like, I was talking about with Catherine about her as a character and her journey throughout the series, not only in that first book. But something I really love is the original opening of that song that she sings. Mm-hmm. She's talking about all these men that we know about from Greek mythology. She's like, Odysseus, Orpheus, Perseus. Um, we all know their name. And what were they? They were all men. I want to yeah. be that someday. I, my name, I want to be known. And Fair. at the end of the song, she reprises it, like that opening bit of naming all the Greek men, mm-hmm. and ends it with Annabeth. Cute. Love. Have we beat this dead horse enough? I think I so. Should I don't think it's a dead to? horse. We just keep coming up with more people. Yeah. There's, like, there's an infinite amount of Broadway shows out there. Like, we could talk about this all day. Yeah, I mean, Broadway has been around since the 20s yeah like we could talk about this for literally ever oh oh roxy and velma gypsy rose lee (laughs) we're just gonna keep going name them off name them off let's go maybe just an idea because we if we have the interview with special guests later on this month we'll have one more week in um, women's history month maybe we do some of the Women who inspired Broadway shows like Gypsy Rosalie and that's the a great one. The story of the real women behind. Yeah, that's a great one. Good idea. And the two um, women that inspired Roxy and Velma, and Velma in Chicago. Good call. Good and call. And do the Queens, Gypsy Rosalie, and the two Chicago ladies. Maybe Deal. the Skyler sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I can find brief summaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we've, I think we've done yes. enough. <laughs> yes. Shall we move into Potter? Sorry, I have one more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's okay. a really good one, though. Okay. Evan Hansen's mom. Oh, Heidi. Heidi. Yes. Yes. Also, oh, I forget her name, but Zoe and Connor's mom. 
Zoe Zoe and Connor's Connor's mom. mom. Um, I don't know. But her as well. Yes. Not Zoe. Not Zoe. No. Heidi for sure, though. Alana. Also from Evan Hansen. I don't know. She's a little yes for me, a little no also, because she's kind of an asshole. You see, I was about to say, especially in the movie. Yes in the movie or no in the movie? Yes in the movie. She is an asshole in the movie, but... Less so? Yeah, she isn't as full of herself, but what she does is an asshole move. Hmm. Okay. But she also does it in the original musical, so, like, eh. Yeah. But she isn't, like, oh, I, like, I was in all these clubs, all that, like, the valedictorian kind of thing. Yeah. She has a song that is talking about, like, how everyone is kind of lost, and it's what makes Evan want to do the Connor Project in the beginning. So shall we move into Potter? This is another one. There's so many. Yes, but what I love is in our notes, we have two strong, badass women. Who are moms. Who kind of save the day. Yeah. Who are moms, yeah. Because with Potter, it's all about the moms. It really is. I mean, okay. Narcissa Malfoy. Andromeda. Andromeda. Tonks. Tonks. The the two we're going to talk about. The two we're going to talk about. Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any others that I... Those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. But there's Hermione so many. becomes a mom. Yeah. In the same manner as Jenny. I mean, but they do, their all, they do all their stuff before their moms, so I don't think yeah. they, they count. But specifically... This is how child happens. Okay, I'm just going to mention who they are. Specifically, Lily, Molly, and Narcissa, and Tonks, and... Yeah, and Andromeda. Andromeda. Tonks as well, but... Tonks becomes a mom, like... Andromeda Tonks. Oh, oh, oh. I was saying Tonks as well, like, for... Because we were talking about Nymphedora Tonks, but also... Andromeda Tonks. Yes. Um, but yeah, I chose Lily... I love her dearly. Um, I think anyone who's on my TikTok for longer than, like, five minutes, especially in the beginning, knows I love Lily. Um, She's just this strong woman who, like, again, in the era that was dominated by these male protagonists that we know being the Marauders, Mm -hmm. her standing her ground against James for so long and becoming this strong Muggle-born witch, because she's the only Muggle-born on that list that we named, besides Hermione. Yeah. But besides that, she's the only Muggle-born, and she is what saves the wizarding world, her sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is, it is uh, poetic in yeah. that sense. Yeah, and another um, woman who sacrifices everything to save the wizarding world, Neville's mother, Alice. Yes, Longbottom. Alice Longbottom. Another one. There's another mom. Another mom. I mean, just let's be honest. The McGonagall is a Potter proverbial is mom. Moms. Yeah, she is. McGonagall's absolutely a proverbial mom. I was also gonna say yeah. Neville's grandma too. Yeah. She counts. 
But yeah, I chose Molly Weasley because, well, duh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she she takes Harry and is like, you're my next child. It's okay. I already have seven. Who minds having yeah. an eighth? You know, like, <laughs> and she's just like that maternal figure that he needed when he was treated so poorly for so long. Yeah. Does Hedwig count? I think so. Let's count it. I think Hedwig counts. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think, again, anyone who's on my TikTok longer than five seconds also knows I love Andromeda dearly. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we've had Sasha come on and talk about Narcissa and Andromeda a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love their story as the three sisters being Bellatrix, Narcissa, and Andromeda. Mm Mm-hmm. Growing up together in this pure blood society and Andromeda splitting off to follow her heart and to find love. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, there, there are no words. I have one no words. Is huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leaving everything she knew behind. Mm hmm. And I just love her not only for that, but just. For her being this strong, mm-hmm. again, strong woman in what the, she's like early or like late 60s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Like early 70s. Yeah, like late 60s, early 70s. So like in terms of the wizarding world, it was still very like. Male centric. I mean, yeah, male centric and patriarchal centric. Yeah. I mean, we don't know a lot of the women's. They, especially in the black family, on their family tree, all the women are represented by flowers. Yep. They're not, once they get married off, they're not even, like, a They're name. not even people anymore. I mean, they aren't from the beginning because they're always flowers. And so. I mean, yeah. They're not yeah. even people, they're not people, like, to their family. They're just somebody's wife. Wife. That's what I yeah. meant. Like, proverbi- yeah. proverbially speaking. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way, way to use that word? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. Um, I was also going to say, I don't think, I, don't, I think it'd be remiss to talk about Andromeda without talking about Narcissa and her sacrifice that she made for Draco. Yeah. And, like, to keep her child safe. Like, that's literally all she cared about. That's yeah. literally the only thing that was important to her. And mm-hmm. I think that was part of the reason why she never fully became a Death Eater. That and why she said that Harry was dead when he was really alive. Yeah. In Deathly Hallows. Oh, absolutely. And I think that just goes to show how strong the maternal instinct is. Yeah. She did that not... Especially for Harry, who wasn't... Um, who didn't have a maternal figure growing up. I mean, no, sure, there absolutely. was his aunt, but she wasn't a maternal figure at all. Absolutely his not. His first maternal figure was... Well... McGonagall. Probably Molly, well, Molly was introduced to him first, but McGonagall was really the first big one. I feel like it started, I feel like McGonagall was the first real strong maternal figure in his life, and then as he and Ron became friends, Molly became that person also, and then they, like, did it together. Yeah. Like, one during school, one after school. I mean, Molly was always around during school, too, though. Like, they were at the Quidditch games, and, like, yeah, and, like, she was always sending him Christmas gifts. Yeah, and she and Arthur represent Harry's family in the um, Goblet of Fire in yeah. Travis Tournament. Yeah. 
I mean, that's huge. Like, especially for Harry, who lost his parents not at like an eight year old, mm-hmm. have and not really having a maternal figure until age eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just can we just really quick just say Dumbledore? <laughs> It's all his fault. It's literally all his fault, yeah. and you know it. Yeah, go back to that episode that is literally, like, titled Hedwig is the Best. Hands down. Cause, yeah, because we also talk about how bad Dumbledore and um, Snape are. Like, for a long time. <laughs> I just put that on the YouTube, like, a week ago. It's a good one. That's a really good one. It's, I got really upset like during that one. hour and 30 minutes. Maybe two hours. Yeah, it's a long one. I got pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of wonderful women of Harry Potter. Yeah. There's also some bad ones. I Tons! Mean, kind of Umbridge? Bellatrix? Bellatrix? That's it. I mean, in <laughs> Cursed Child, Delphine Diggory? Yeah. Um, she um, also grew up as a subject to who her parents were. True. I was gonna say, um, another bad one. Freaking Rita Skeeter. Screw yeah. man. F her. Can we talk about Hermione in the books compared to the movie for one second? I think we And have. how it Yeah. And how she kidnaps Rita Skeeter. And Good. it's like right in this a jar, Harry. right? We haven't even talked about Luna. Or Ginny. Or Hermione. Or Ginny. Or Hermione. Wait, we talked about Ginny and Hermione, like, briefly in the mother conversation. We mentioned them, but not really. Yeah. But Hermione and, like, her knowledge of knowing, like, yes, books are important to her, but the true thing that's important in life is friendship. Yeah. Plus Ginny being the first. Yeah. Do you want to say it? Because I'm going to butcher no, it if I do. you say it. I'm going to butcher it if I say it. No, I can correct it. No! <laughs> Please. Why do you want me to say it? I don't know. Wasn't she, like, the first female professional Quidditch seeker or whatever? No, so she's on um, the only fem- professional female Quidditch team. There like, you the go. The only female-specific one. There you go. See? I knew I, I was going to mess it Chudley up. Chudley Cannons? Huh? I believe are the Chudley Cannons. Let me, let me know. I shouldn't have said things before looking them up. I know. Kara, what um, next time? But also know. she's known for her... It was the Hollyhead Harpies, not the Chudley Cannons. <laughs> Way off. Yeah. Um, oh! 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 Fleur Delacour! Yeah. And, and, Madame whatever her name is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. The tall lady, who's, like, low-key Hagrid's love interest for that entire book. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind um, of adorable. Yeah. Is the car a woman? They don't specify the car's gender. But it's a Ford Angelica? Maybe. And Speaking usually, of Angelica, there is a um, in um, there is a character named Angelica who is um a person of color. I believe she's black, and she's a Quidditch player. Yes, yes, and you're right. There is. Quidditch you're player. right. There is. 
strong Gryffindor Quidditch player. Yes. What are our thoughts on Cho? So I like her better in the book than the movie. Agreed. Um, one specific thing that I like better about her in the book is she isn't the one that betrays them in Order of the Phoenix. Mm. And they actually give her character in the book and she's not just played as this like stereotypical love interest. Yeah, I agree. She actually has like a personality. Oh, she's the reason I know, I know about the Chadwick Cannons because she's wearing like a Go Chadwick Cannons pen and Ron's like, you only like them because they won last year and she's like, no, I've liked them since I was born. Like, F you. <laughs> Go See, away. she has a personality. Yeah. Rather than what are narwhals? Yeah. And uh, it's slippery up there. Yeah. Oh, um, I was going to say, um, Professor Trelawney. How have we not yeah. talked about her yet? Yeah. And, great. oh my gosh, how have we not talked about um, 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 Queenie and uh, freaking what's her name? Yeah. Oh, um, Tina. Tina, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I haven't played the game yet. I haven't either. But. From what Sean and social media has told me, there is the, like, kind of the deputy headmistress character, uh-huh. so the McGonagall, basically, um, is Professor Weasley, who is, like, a great aunt of Ron and everyone. Love that. Um, and she seems to be pretty awesome. Of course, I really haven't played the game, so I don't really know much about her. Same. But she seems pretty awesome. Winning. Well, yeah. Jeez, we only have one category left. Yeah, and I've been thinking about others to add to this oh, last geez. category being others. Um, throughout this talk, I'll, I'll narrow it down to my top three. Okay, I have. I also have a top three. Should we do three, two, one? Like each say our three, then two, then sure, one. Sure, sure. Let's do that. Okay, so my third, because, so this last category is just other, so it's, it's Broad. Anything, Anything else. Anything. Yeah. So my first one is going to be Miss Girl on Fire, Miss Katniss Everdeen. I freaking um, know it. From The Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I've been rewatching the movies, as Gabby knows, because I've been annoying her with my movie rewatch. She'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just remembered this happened because I just watched it. Yeah, I want to reread the books again because, so, basically I'm getting into my Hunger Games, like, pre-game now. As pre-game. Because, yes, because the prequel comes out this year. Oh, that's kind of cool. The movie for the prequel. That's kind of cool. So, like, I'm already starting to get, like, kind of back into the Hunger Games fandom now rather than waiting until, like, fall. Yeah. Like, to slowly build up hype in my brain. Mm-hmm. Which I still haven't read the prequel. I need to read it. Um, oh but anyway. Yeah. But I love Katniss Everdeen so much. Mm-hmm. She is so strong. Especially because I'm rewatching Mockingjay, which is the third book in the series. Mm-hmm. Right now, and there's a whole scene where she's kind of yelling at Hamish because she's like, I told you to save Peta before me. Like, how dare you, like, let him get captured, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I wa- it should be me that's captured, not Peta. And her really being, like, 
I don't want to be the Mockingbird or Mockingjay, but I'll be it um, as long as Hida survives. Mm-hmm. Because she's like making this whole deal with Coin, who is like the president of the district that she's hiding in. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'll be your Mockingjay if you bring me the three tributes that have been captured, or the three victors that have been captured by the capital, mm-hmm. and let my sister keep her cat. <laughs> then I'll become your Mockingjay. Priorities. So she, because they're in like a military district, so they don't allow pets. So they're like, let my sister keep my cat, or keep her cat, and save these three. Makes and I'll sense. be your Mockingjay. And throughout it, because I have to remember, even though Jennifer Lawrence played it, and played the role and she's amazing Katniss is 16 in the first book 17 in the second two yeah she's young she's this young girl going through two hunger games plus a war yeah I couldn't imagine doing that at 16 do you know what I was doing at 16 I don't even know like learning to drive yeah Yeah, and crying yeah like trying to learn how to drive like (laughs) Not saving a country from yeah. the dystopian society. Yeah. And even though she didn't want to become, like, this star-crossed lovers thing and that, like, Hida kind of forced her into that role, mm-hmm. her, like, really taking it on and, like, another really powerful scene. Of course, her volunteering as tribute, mm-hmm. but... Her eulogy to Rue's family, who was played by actri- the actress who played um, Alana in the Dear Evan Hansen movie. I forget mm. their name at this current moment. But her eulogy to the two District 11 tributes in the, her first Hunger Games is just so powerful. She's like, I didn't know this person to the first one, like the guy that went to, for that district. Mm-hmm. But he saved my life when he should have killed me because I protected the child from his district. Mm. And then she turns and is like, I knew Rue as a friend. I see her in my sister. Mm. I see her in these plants um, in my district. And just seeing her as this, I don't want to say maternal figure, but she really is that to her sister and mm-hmm. Rue. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I just love her dearly. You almost convinced me to watch The Hunger Games. <laughs> Just now, like, talking about it. You have, like, you almost have me convinced. Please. I said almost. Please. Maybe. One day. We'll see. And she's also, like, one of the only two women from her district that have won the games in 75 years. That's... Okay. Wow. Like, that alone... And there's only been four tributes, or four victors from her district. Oh. That have won the games in 75 years. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, like, she's a real underdog. Yeah. Okay. My number three. I think I've decided. Okay. I I think I'm going with... Oh, shoot. I can't choose. I like them both so much. I can't choose if I want to go with Amy or Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. They're both wonderful Latina, like, lead roles. And I just, uh, ah. Yeah. And they're cops. And they're badass. And, like, 
the thing I love about Amy is she holds her own in like I mean there's a lot of women who are also on that show I mean there's also um Chelsea Peretti who plays uh, uh what's her name um Gina, that's her name. So, here's the thing. I think Melissa Fumero and Stephanie Beatrice are both wonderful actresses. And yes. I love Stephanie Beatrice's range. Yes. As a, like as a as an actress. I mean, she played Mirabelle, but she's also Rosa Diaz, which is literally opposite characters. And she was also in the in the Heights movie. She was. And she played Carla, which is like a yeah. totally different character from the other two. She just she can play freaking anything and kill it, and yeah. I love her so much. I just love. Her. So I think that's my answer. I think it has to be Rosa. Plus, she's LGBT. She's bi, mm-hmm. like me. I just yeah. I just love Rosa. I love her so much. But all of the Brooklyn Nine Nine ladies. Honorable mention goes to yeah. Cheddar, even though Cheddar's a boy. He's the cutest dog okay. ever. He's a corgi. <laughs> He's the cutest corgi ever. Oh my gosh. Everybody, I'm going to post a picture of Cheddar too. Okay. You'll, I'll have to show you a picture of Cheddar. He's just he's just like the perfect corgi. Yeah. He's like a perfect corgi. He's, no, I mean, everyone knows who my number one is going to be. Well, yeah. Okay, number two. But I'm having trouble deciding, and they're from two completely different fandoms. Um... But Charlene Turner from Kingdom Keepers or um, Batgirl from DC. That's a tough one. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to just, like, be like, they're tied for number two and real quick talk about both. Okay. I know I've talked about Charlene Turner, especially in my Ridley episode. Mm -hmm. But I used to find her so freaking annoying because she's way too much like me. And... (laughs) That's why I found her annoying. Um, Emma's all, mm, but this girl, just like me, hate her. Yes. Middle school me could not stand Charlene. And then I'm like, I know why. Because you are Charlene. Except for <laughs> being a cheerleader. Because you're not a cheerleader, Emma. Um, <laughs> her whole thing. In the first two, she's unsure of herself and doesn't know her place on the team. Mm-hmm. And as she comes to be her own, like, on the team and figure out her strengths and where her power lies, being her athleticism, she really starts to take charge Mm -hmm. in herself and in the team and, like, helps make decisions and starts them and gives them ideas for how to save the day. Mm -hmm. And I just love her for that. But then Batgirl... I love Barbara Gordon, specifically, because there's been many Batgirls. I'm specifically talking about Barbara Gordon, who is on my wall, like, right there, staring at me right now. Um, she is great. I love her dearly. She um, was introduced in the 60s, kind of, again, as this female superhero adjacent of Batman. I know that in the original comic she was introduced in. She So she's the daughter of the commissioner of Gotham City. And she was at a costume party dressed as Batman. And people mistaked her for being a superhero. Mm-hmm. And fought her. And she was able to stand her ground. Good for her. And then she trained under. And there are some iterations of the comics where 
due to an accident with the Joker or a mission involving the Joker, she ends up being paralyzed waist down, so she becomes her own hero called the Oracle, which is how Kara actually got her the Oracle monogram that she uses for everything is because of Barbara Gordon. Um, And she becomes kind of like the man in the chair situation where she's the brains behind the bat operation. Love it. Where she's researching where to go. So I just love her being this strong woman, not only holding herself in battle, but then saving the day from behind a computer screen later on. That's awesome. Hearing you talk about superhero made me think of all of the Marvel ladies that we missed. Really quick, I'm just going to list them off. I've been thinking about more women. And, I mean, Artemis. I love Artemis in DC and Harley and all them. But Bad Girl is my number one right now. Fair. I'm just going to list off all the Marvel women that I think we missed. (laughs) Gamora, Nebula, um, right, right. Um, MJ? Yeah. MA? Yeah. Those are, those are the four that I was thinking of. Gwen? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, that's not her name. Uh, no, that's not her name. Freaking, what's her? Well, yes, Gwen. Gwen Stacy. But that's not who I was thinking of. I was thinking of Gwen Paltrow. <laughs> who is, uh, Pepper. Pepper. Maria Hill? Yeah. I, I mean, would say Barbara I mean, is kind of like that. Yeah. Barbara is kind of like the Maria Hill because she was like the beginning of this female, um, female superhero. And I mean, I'd be amiss to talk about DC women and not talk about Wonder Woman. Well, yeah. Strong Amazonian woman. Yeah. Like, and all of, all of them in the first one, especially. The second one can yeah. go to hell. The first one... Yeah. Um, but yeah, Barbara is my girl. I So I grew up with that 60s show that, like, everyone kind of knows and, like, where the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da Batman, like, song came from. Um, and I remember watching Barbara Gordon because at the time, the only, like, women in that show were the mm-hmm. villains. It was Harley and Poison Ivy and Catwoman. She mm-hmm. was the first hero mm-hmm. in the Batman universe. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Okay. My second slot. I think it has to go to Lara Croft. Not the movie Lara Croft. Not, yeah. not, uh, freaking what's her name? Angelina Jolie. Although she's a badass, but I'm talking about like in the games. Yeah. She, I mean, she's like, she's the whole reason the game exists. It's mm-hmm. because of her. And she's so freaking cool. And I like yeah. it. I just... <sighs> she goes on all these adventures. And, like, yeah, she gets herself into stuff. But, like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> she's just so cool. And badass. And she holds her own in the middle of a, like, Russian mob. <laughs> yeah. Of, like, crazy scientists who are trying to kill her. Like... Mm-hmm. And, like, she gets herself in all these situations, like, in the name of science and, like, archaeology mm-hmm. and trying to discover these artifacts. Like, women in STEM, let's go. Um, yeah. And part of the premise of the second game is that you have to use, like, nature elements around you and you can, like, make poisons and 
Ooh. weapons from the nature around you, which I think is so, mm-hmm. so cool. But, yeah. That's my second choice. Lara yeah. Croft. My queen. I love her. Catch me at Comic-Con 23 as Lara Croft. I think this is too obvious for me. Emma's really excited, you guys. I think... Okay, right now, pause the episode, go to our Instagram, and comment on our latest post who you think Emma's first choice is for this category. And while we're paused and waiting, uh, I'm just going to briefly mention Regina from Regina Mills, specifically from Once Upon a Time, because she's badass, and I love her. She starts out as the evil queen, and we get more into her, and she becomes kind of like this heroic character learning from her mistakes as wanting to not be evil anymore. Good call. That's awesome. Yeah. But very Mal. Mal-esque. Well, yeah. other way. Mal is very ridiculous. Other way, because Mal would have been after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who do you think it is, people? Drum roll. This is Susan a Susan Pevensey. From Narnia. Yeah. I mean, we all saw this coming. She's another badass archer on my list of, like, so many archers. So many. Katniss, Kate Bishop. Um, I mean, I like, I mentioned briefly Artemis and Wednesday. And now Susan. And now Susan. Um, so I, I think we all know my, like, history with the Narnia franchise at this point, where... I watched the movies for the first time when I was, when they were coming out when I was like four or five. And I was about to be a um, big sister and Mm -hmm. really looked up to Susan as this strong big sister in a fantasy world. I really wanted to be like her. Um, But I love Susan and how she, she's Susan the judge, or Susan the gentle, that's her thing. I almost said Edmund's yeah. moniker as royal. And I love that she's the gentle mm-hmm. in a family where it's the magnificent, the valiant, and the just. Mm. It really shows that she's, I, I don't want to say the Hufflepuff because I don't see her as a Hufflepuff. I actually see her more as a Slytherin if we're going to actually go into Hogwarts houses for each of the Pevensies because I don't believe in the founder's Pevensey thing. That is false. Um, Okay. Yeah. I could I, I could get into that. Um but I don't know, she's she's a gentle. Her whole thing in Horse of the Spoil, which is after which takes place during their reign of Narnia, during that the golden age of Narnia. She does not want to go to battle. She wants to solve everything in negotiations, whereas yeah. Peter and Lucy are so quick to jump into battle to save Narnia. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I really see that with the gentle aspect of her. Mm-hmm. Also, whoever says that she um, is a bad character because she gave up Narnia because of nylons and lipstick is just, like, lying to themselves because she's a teenager in the 1950s. Yeah. Who is seeing boys for the first time as, like, potential love interests and not. I think Caspian was first. Oh, not in the book. No, not in the book, but in the movie, 100%. 
Yes. In the book, he's 13 and she's 16. Or, like, 13, or 14, 15. So, like, I don't really see it in the book. But definitely in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Also, really- Lily Andel, if we're going to talk about the Narnia women and Lucy, but mostly Susan. Yeah. Okay, I have one really quick honorable mention before I get into my, like... Okay. Number one. Just like my Regina thing. Yeah. So my honorable mention is uh, Claire from Outlander. Okay. I haven't I seen Outlander. Oh my gosh, you should. It's great. Um, it's it's a very good show. But basically, she um, time travels from 1946. Here we go. Another another wartime um, show. Um, it starts in 1946, and she time travels back to 1773. Okay. And uh, she was a nurse during World War Two. And yeah. when she travels back in time, like, she helps out. It's basically about the Jacobite Revolution of Scotland. Um, that's, like, the yeah. that's like the overarching thing. But, like, her whole role is that, like, she took her time as a nurse and applies it to help these men who are fighting all the time. And who face these, like, incred- yeah. incredible dangers from, like, the British invasion of, well, the British acquisition of Scotland. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's intense. It's an intense show, but it's really good. And I okay. think she's a really well-written character. The only caveat is, the only caveat I have is, this is why she didn't make the list, is because she often gets herself in trouble like by running off like the whole premise is like there's like a lot of the messaging is like their safety in numbers and like they have to stick together as mm-hmm. a group and they have to work together as a team to get things done and she often tries to fix things by herself and makes them worse and then puts men in danger well not just men but like people in danger yeah by making them come safer at least in the you first see season. that's also kind of why i didn't choose snow from once upon a time because a lot of her actions end up harming people than helping people throughout the series yeah and i mean i love snow and i love jennifer goodwin because like i mentioned her other character judy hopps that she's known for earlier and snow is still this like really kind hero but there are some stuff especially in the later series seasons that i'm just like snow sweetheart yeah Here's Why'd the, you do that? Here's the thing, though. I've only seen the first season of Outlander. Okay. I'm working on the second season. So, my opinions may change. Once upon a time. Or at, Hunger Games. Or but both. at the current moment, I'm digging her as a character. Okay. Yep. Plus, I mean, if you haven't seen Outlander, please do. But it, plus, there's, there's some really, really attractive guys on that show. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number one is Miss Mabel Pines from Disney's Gravity Falls. Of course. Which I guess is still Disney, but it's not a Disney XD. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So So it wasn't even Disney Channel, so it couldn't count in our Disney Channel ladies. Yeah. So the reason I love her, A is because, like, the whole premise of the first season is that she's just there to find love, right? Like, she's just on this summer to find love. Mm-hmm. And, like, on the way, she makes incredible friendships. And, like, she does so many wonderful things. And, like, she is 
like so vital in so many plans to help save the town and then the universe at broad and then they find out that it's really not the universe at broad and it really is just the town but still it's like mm-hmm. <sighs> really she's really cool mm-hmm. and i think she is like me as a person very yeah. like bubbly and happy and outgoing and loves pink and is super girly but like if you push her the wrong way or if you do something that she doesn't like or if you hurt the people around her she shows no mercy like one of my favorite quotes from her like one of my absolute favorites from her is um she and her brother dipper have just fought in this like large-scale battle and they're given this one Mm -hmm. like to win this thing called a time wish so they can go back and like change something and yeah and they, because they're the victors of this battle, they get to determine what the um, fate of the loser is. And so uh, the the judge, who's called the Time Baby, which, yes, there's many things in this that are very silly, but, like, you know, at its core, it's a really sweet yeah. family show. Um, but, like, so <laughs> this is my favorite thing. So she's looking at the, the guy who lost, who was – callback from another episode way Mm -hmm. in season one and he kind of like messed up things in their lives um and and she goes they so the time baby says what's your what's your verdict and she goes death and everybody's like and tipper's all dial it back dial it back and she's like okay fine like but i don't know that just like it feels so her because she's like yep also, my absolute favorite episode of Gravity Falls is where she and her girlfriends and Wendy, who's another great female character from that show, and it's only yeah. the four of them, and they go into the forest, and they have to get unicorn hair to protect the house. Um, yeah. And it's just, literally, they're the only storyline in this episode, I think. Wow. I think. I can't remember now. It's been a while since I've seen it, but... Um, and they go into the forest and they find the unicorn and it's this whole thing where like this one unicorn messes is like an asshole who just messes with people who are going to get unicorn stuff. And he's all, he's all, you must be pure of heart. And he keeps telling Mabel that she's not, even though she's like a really kind and really caring person. And Mm -hmm. she doubts herself and she has all of these like, like her whole life, she's been always really confident and so sure of herself and not afraid to speak her mind and be who she is unapologetically, which is why I love her so much. She is herself 100% unapologetically. Mm-hmm. And it even like helps her in an episode. And it's, it's yeah the whole reason that the plot even continues. Um, and it's the one time she doubts herself, you know, through the whole series. And it's, I just think she's such a wonderful, wonderfully written character. Mm-hmm. And I love her so much. Oh, so anyway, the whole thing is she starts doubting herself, and then she and all the ladies go beat up this freaking unicorn, and they kick its butt! Another character that I just thought about, and it's going back to DC just for, like, five seconds, because she is unapologetically her, is Miss Martian from Young Justice. So, again, Morris is her, like, real name, I guess. Not Miss Martian, obviously. Um, And she's unapologetically herself. Um, throughout the series after the first season where she is this Martian lady um, there's like white Martians and green Martians and the green Martians are like the good guys the white Martians are kind of like the bad guys on Mars 
Mm-hmm. Like, the White Martians have this history of being sl- slavers and all this stuff. And she hides herself as a green Martian on Earth to prove that she's a hero. Mm-hmm. And then once the team finally finds out that she is this White Martian, she really uses, like, she starts showing herself more as this white Martian and showing her true identity and not hiding her self and mm-hmm. her powers. Yeah. Through that. Great. Well, mm. I feel like we have thoroughly talked about so many wonderfully wonderful women characters. Fictional women. Well, mostly fictional. Mostly fictional. some of the Broadway one, ones. And we'll talk about more of the Broadway women of real life Mm -hmm. later on this month. Yes. But shall we get into this Venom news? I think we should. Okay. Um, Bernadette Peters and Julia Salonga will lead Stephen Sondheim's Old Friends during its West End transfer this September. Book the Betty Boop musical will have its pre-Broadway engagement in Chicago this November. Paddington director Paul King will direct the upcoming Fred Astaire biopic starring Tom Holland as Fred Astaire. Jerry Mitchell will direct the London production of The Devil Wears Prada following its Chicago pre-Broadway engagement. Of course, in the spring, Star Wars Celebration Europe will take place. And now we know that the next one um, will be in 2025. We still don't know where it's going to be. My predictions are Orlando, but we shall see. In semi-breaking news, um, Disney has confirmed that Rogers the Musical is coming to the Hyperion Theater at Disney's California Adventure for a limited time engagement this summer. Yes. Though I'm sure it's going to end up continuing. I mean, they say limited time engagement. That can be anywhere from six months to three years. Exactly. Um, Especially, isn't the Hyperion Theater kind of near... it is right next Marvel. to it. It is a part of it. Okay. It is, like, right there. So they're not going to change it to be Frozen. They're going to just keep it Rogers. I hope they do. That is my prediction. Um, Beginning on April 18th, annual pass holders will finally be able to enter any Disney World theme park without a park pass reservation after 2 p.m., excluding Magic Kingdom on the weekends. Makes sense. Yeah. Disneyland After Dark is back. Throwback Night and Disneyland After Dark Star Wars Night will be returning this spring with specialty offerings, fireworks shows, snacks, and characters. Although, I'm, like, pretty sure that Star Wars Night is either sold out or very close to being sold out. Yes. I don't know about Throwback Night, though, but I'm sure Star Wars Night is probably sold out by now. Last I heard, May the 4th was already sold out, and the 2nd and the 8th were very close to being sold out. Yeah. I think I saw that it was sold out, but I wasn't sure. So I wasn't either. I, I thought I saw that, too. Yeah. So, just go Who check. Knows? Yeah. Um, DRC Carden, Katie Fernan, um, Scott Foley, and Chris Sullivan will lead Larissa Fast Horses' The Thanksgiving Play with Second Stage Theater in New York City. Ephraim Skies, Kate Burton, and more join Adrian Warren in Room on Broadway. Tina Fey and Tim Meadows will be joining the Mean Girls movie musical cast, reprising their roles in the original movie. For those of you who don't know, Tina Fey played um, the teacher, Mrs. Norberry, 
and Tim Meadows played the principal. Yes. I'm so excited. This is going to be so good. Yes. The pre-Broadway run of The Wiz and more have been announced for Broadway's In Hollywood 2023-2024 season. Disney is now offering cast members approximately 50% off select Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Voyagers from March through June. Ashley Lauren to depart Moulin Rouge in April, taking her final bow alongside Aaron Tveit. Marvel's next Spider-Man movie is officially in the works with details on Spider-Man 4 remaining scarce at the current moment. Joanna, or Jojo, Levinsky will make her Broadway debut as Satine in Moulin Rouge on Broadway. The cast of Oliver at New York City Center will be led by Lily Cooper as Nancy, Raul Raul Esparza? Raul Esparza, yes, as Fagan, Um, Tam Mutu as Bill Sykes, Brad Oscar as Mr. Bumble, Benjamin Pajak as Oliver, and he was just the kid in Music Man. Uh-huh. Like, the lead kid. Uh-huh. Um, and Mary Testa as um, Widow Corny, casting for Dodger, Bet, and some of the other characters to be announced at a later date. Okay, do you know who Raul Esparza was? Aside from playing the DA on SVU for literally a million years, um, he played Jonathan Larson in the original cast of Tick, Tick, Boom. Interesting. I'm excited to see him as Fagan. Fagan is a interesting role. Hmm. Um, I don't know, obviously, if this actor is um, Jewish, but I really wish it was going to a Jewish performer because um, Fagan is very Jewish coded, aka his song sounds like it came from um, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, I have no <laughs> idea if Roll Esparza is Jewish. I don't know either, but I understand if not, Fagan doesn't need to be played Jewish. I don't think he's written Jewish in the book. His song just sounds very, if I were a rich You know what I mean, though? Yeah. That's fair. But Brad Oscar as Mr. Bumble, because Mr. Bumble is usually like this like heavier set male performer who like is on stage for a couple a couple songs and kind of creates this comedic relief we need in Oliver, especially in Act 2 when we see him again. Mm-hmm. Brad Oscar, who originated Nostradamus and Something Gone, is perfect casting. I was like, oh, yes, when I saw it. Um, and I'm just really excited. I don't know much about Lily Cooper. But let me see. Oh, she was in Spongebob. I never saw that show. I never even listened to it. She was in the original production of Spring Awakening. She was in Elphaba Standby. Mm-hmm. She was in Natasha, Pierre, and the Great um, Comet of 1812 mm-hmm. as Helen um, Terogenia. I don't know. She was in Tick, Tick, Boom in 2016 as Susan. Um. And then she was in That's, Tootsie oh, and then POTUS. Wait, hold on. So was she was she when um, Lin-Manuel Miranda did it? Is that when that was? It was 2016. I don't know when he did it. I don't know either. No, I think that was no, Karen Olivo. Okay. Yeah. Well, lots of news. Lots of news. Yeah. But I'm excited to see Benjamin 
Pajak as another character starting this kid off young. I'm excited to see him take on more of a lead role because Music Man, I mean, his character doesn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even with Oliver, a lot of it is, it's kind of the Sleeping Beauty syndrome of everything kind of happens to the kid. Yeah. And around him. And around him, but still seeing him kind of take on this (coughs) new role will be interesting Mm -hmm. for sure for sure new york city center please 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 release a cast album you heard it here folks she's begging start the petition now okay you guys well i think that is it for this week this is a long episode i was banking on this being an hour it is two lord well we also stopped like three times it is Two minutes, sorry, two hours and two minutes at this moment of recording. So I don't even know how long it ends up being at the end. But. Yeah. Sorry, Kara. Yeah. So, let's get into this outro. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are proud part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. That's right. And if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Um, join us next week where we will be talking about um, prominent female imagineers and creators of the Disney parks. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod for the latest updates. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are all at SnippyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Gent, pretty much everywhere. That's a G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Um, our editing is by the wonderful Tara Lentzler. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Bye! Bye! Bye. These express this episode not for the great company they're probably.